Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Westworld Theorycast Cleanup Tech Style. We're coming together to close out the week. My name is Jenny and my co-hosts are Gina and Brett. We are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, in other words, the missed pieces, things left undiscussed, and perhaps that others got completely wrong. But we're tasked with tidying things up as best we can. Today we'll be discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 5, Zhuangzi. Hey Gina, what did you think about this episode? This episode is my favorite of the season so far. I think it was very enlightening and um, there was a real laugh out loud moment at the end for me, which I think other than Maeve's wit are very rare in this series. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was a really great episode and I can't wait to dig in and talk about it some more. Awesome. Hi, Brett. Do you have a pedantic question of the week for us this week? Of course I do. So, <laughs> hi everybody. I, I also I love this episode. Um, it really made me think more, I think, than the other episodes. And I think the end result is of that could be that I they overthought. But that, that's what I need you guys for to talk <laughs> some of these things through. Hopefully, you can help me out. But my pedantic question of the day here is: so were the rebels infected? with the flies but stayed out of the range of the tower or were they infected but they had this resistance like the outliers do or were they never infected at all mm. i have to think that they were never infected at all it's just kind of my gut feeling considering the high functioning um level they're at and considering they didn't seem to have any fear about going into the city like at any given time where they might fall under control of the tower i agree i i tend to lean that way because uh yeah if they go into the city and the thing starts going wah, 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 yeah. i mean how are they gonna not get control well, if... <laughs> anyway sorry continue yeah i i i want to believe that they were never infected that's kind of what i always assumed um, I, I definitely don't think they, they just stay out of the range of the tower because they're within range of the tower when they're on the, their rescue missions. The only other possibility is that they were infected, but they have a resistance because they're outliers. Like they've overcome the infection like the outliers do because they are uh, beings of free will. So, you know, they're not under the tower's control. But I do... I think I like, I think I would prefer the explanation that they were just never infected somehow. Like uh, if C, if Frankie was able to hide out 
all those years and just never, you know, avoid the flies or avoid the, uh, I guess the, the, uh, the contagious, uh, the infection that was out there or something. Yeah, it would be interesting to figure out and hopefully, you know, maybe they'll show us by the end of the season, three more episodes, right? Um, but hopefully they'll show us how they, if if that is in fact the case, that they were never infected, how those people, uh, them and any other possible remaining humans that are not infected managed to uh, keep from becoming infected did were they just you know naturally resistant to it somehow or you know yeah what other way did they manage because they're flies and flies get, go everywhere i will say that they're uh, the fact that they're going in to um, risk their own lives to bring an outlier out of the city does make me wonder if they're just all outliers like they you know maybe ev mm -hmm. literally everyone was infected and yeah, there's that's a small a percentage too. of people that are that have become resistant that have woken up and you know or whatever you think an outlier is which i'm going to get into later and these are just like a group of outliers you know that could be because i remember um hale saying something to the effect of the children's minds were so much more malleable Mm -hmm. um, t you know, toward the virus and they were more controllable, but that would also lead me to think that a children, a child's mind is more malleable in terms of resisting the virus if they had some idea of what was going on. Um, hmm. okay. um, so, you know, it's kind of like, if you know about it, maybe it's easier to resist. And that seems to be one of the key threads with the outliers that are, kind of revealing themselves in this world is um, they they understand they they come to a realization where they understand what's happening around them and then it makes them it makes it easy for them to resist the virus so maybe there's kind of something in that but I, I do think we might find out about that in the next episode or two part of the medicine is like the knowledge yes and if if Shin, Frankie is the offspring of an outlier so she may have learned a little bit uh you know while caleb was still with her about what that was yeah, um that, yeah, that, that helped her survive i'm mulling these things over sorry i'm not like trying to sit here being silent i'm just like thinking <laughs> that's okay it's a lot to think about um i feel like they could be outliers as well um but I still feel like there had to be at least a person, if not more than one person, who was somehow resistant or is maybe a host in hiding. Hey, it could be your Lawrence that you keep looking for uh, that we have not seen yet mm, this season. I like that um, idea. Because like, how did they start getting saved? How did they not get exterminated when they first came you know, found the center of the maze for lack of better phrase, uh, you know, when they were awakened, how did they manage to get out of the city and survive if, um, they didn't have some help from somewhere? Like how did that first person manage that all by themselves with no assistance? Hmm. That's a good question. It, it could be, it could be just genetic, uh, resistance kind of thing.
Right. Possibly. Right. It, it, it could be. I mean, and yeah. we're probably going way too deep into well, this right it's now. The, the, the pedantic question of the day. That's what and we're we supposed to are do. really <laughs> being pedants, aren't we? <laughs> but anyway, we can move on. I think it's, yeah, I think we uh, ironed that out. All right, Gina, did you want to get into this little featured snippet or did you want me to cover it? Or, I mean, um, we can talk about it, but you want to start or you want me to start? We can, we can kind of both get into it. I can start, but okay. we're talking about, we're going to talk about the title of this, the Zhuangzi and that um, I know that Axel and Andy touched on this a little bit too, but you know, this is kind of embedded in some um, Taoist philosophy where there's a story and, and there's a, a bunch of different stories that kind of go with this philosophy. But one that I found that I pulled out was that uh, Zhuang Zhao once dreamed he was a butterfly flitting and fluttering around, happy and doing as he pleased. As a butterfly, he did not know he was Zhang Zhao. All of a sudden he awoke and found he was Zhang Zhao, solid and unmistakably human. But then he did not know whether he was Zhang Zhao dreaming he was a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming he was Zhang Zhao. And um, I loved this story because I feel like we've got um, the Mariposa, the butterfly, like we have this central social place that's also been named after a butterfly in at least right. three of the different worlds that mm -hmm. we have. Um, and that this does kind of play into a caterpillar becoming a butterfly and, and right. transforming Dolores uh, slash Christina. This, I mm -hmm. think, Jenny, do you want to weigh in here? Because I think you totally <laughs> love this. Yeah, I did. Because, I, I mean, it's it totally, when I was reading this little uh, snippet that we pulled into the notes, I was like, oh, this is, this is Christina right here. This is Christina's story as she, you know, I mean, we don't know chicken or egg, Dolores, Christina, <laughs> but, you know, I, Dolores, Christina, Dolores, like that seems to be, we, we started with Dolores Prime, as uh, Gina likes to call her, OG Dolores. <laughs> and then we now, you know, we had some other iterations in between. We had Wyatt and we had her newly found consciousness that was a little more in between Dolores and Wyatt last season. And now we have this new iteration of Christina, but she's coming back to Dolores. And, you know, it's it, the, the whole thing with like her awakening every day and waking up and waking up. And this is the whole transformation thing is about an awakening as well. It leads to the, the self to change from being unaware of the distinction of things to being aware of the definite distinction between and among things. So like she's going from like thinking that she's just creating these stories for this game to realizing that she's basically a God in this world um, who is not just writing stories for a game. Her whole world is, is that game so it's it's crazy yeah i like that a lot um when i read that i also thought about hailbot my mind kind of went to and it just went there again when gina was talking about the butterfly uh, the caterpillar becoming a butterfly the metamorphosis is kind of like could be the transcendence is what's going on with the mm -hmm. hosts like they're 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 metamorphosizing into a new being and the this become uh 
be going from unaware of the distinction of things to being aware of the definite distinction of things uh, could be where Halebot is now post ascendance. So that's kind of that's just one place that my mind went. I think I think obviously I can the see that. the title could obviously refers to more than one um, theme here. Oh, it usually but, doesn't. I mean, it even applies to MIB bot. Yeah. In yes. this episode. Yes, you know, because he's awakened. So. And in a way, it's even more of a throwback to season one because you know you'll be entering a deep and dreamless slumber. But they did have dreams, and their dreams mm -hmm. were these memories of their previous yes kind of encounters. Mm -hmm. Yes, so it's um it's all all very intertwined for sure. Very cool. All right. So I think we covered our title talk. <laughs> we did. We sure I think did. this was very aptly named, though, honestly, because it really, you know, it really is about the transformations all throughout this whole episode. And like, I agree with you, too, Gina, that this was probably one of my very favorite episodes, I think, this season. It probably was my favorite episode. I'll decide that for sure at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where did you guys want to start? Do you want to start? Um, we were just on Charlotte for that. We were on Christina. So we're, those are the two main themes this time. I mean, Charlotte and MIB and Christina and her, uh, her whatever she's doing with Teddy and, and, and whatnot and Emmett. So sorry, I'm a little disorganized in my brain right now. <laughs> well, that's okay. Maybe, maybe we start with Charlotte and some of this her kind of uh I don't know she seems a bit disgruntled and uh frustrated and her sound machine so maybe we start there that sounds that good. good that okay. sounds good um I mean she's <laughs> I really I've always hated Hale I'll say this again and again and I hate Hale in this iteration as well. She's just, I know that she's at least stem from Dolores, but I don't recognize anything of Dolores in her, um, except the Wyatt pieces, maybe. Look, but I got to say real quick, when you said that, it reminded me that I actually had a note in here that um, there was a point where MIB was talking where he actually reminded me more of either both actually original Dolores and original Charlotte, not Charlotte bot. But when he was talking, I was like, Oh, it was um, when he was talking to the hope. Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah at the okay. very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, continue on you. You hate Charloris, <laughs> you hate Charlotte. I got yeah, it. I mean, she's just, you know, the whole like playing with the dancing of the people in the street, the human chair. It's like, okay, she's been playing God for 20 something years and she's not content you know it's interesting she's like well we were made in their image and we haven't evolved beyond that and she's acting like it's everyone else's problem but her own but she's the leader of this ship so i'm just like come on right, lady right you she's know? like why why have we chosen to keep these forms they keep coming back here it was supposed to be a stopgap blah 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 but she literally takes no no onus for any of it and it's like and he and and MIB tells her well you know you gave us free choice why didn't you just make us do what you wanted us to do well that would be just like them well but you're 
you're over here complaining and you're not doing anything about it. You're not doing anything to make them want to go transcend. They're having too much fun here. As MIB even points out to her, you know, give them another hundred or 200 years. They'll probably get tired of it. And maybe they'll want to transcend then. <laughs> I mean, that, like legit makes sense. They're just like having fun. So not that yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, and she's just making copies of herself. So I'm not sure what kind of growth she's expecting. You know, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're actually sentient, if she's just making a copy of herself and tweaking a few things. Yeah, it seems really odd. I think they were talking about that a little bit on the, um, the deep dive, Axel and yeah. Andy. Yeah, they were. But I, I don't understand why she's like making... I, I don't understand the purpose of making these new hosts if they're not like to make sure that to keep people in line or, you know, to keep the humans or the outliers in line. It doesn't make any sense to me. Do you guys have any thoughts on why she's making them? Well, it, it does seem like she's done this whole reverse world to punish the humans for the way they used to take advantage of the hosts at the park. Mm -hmm. So it's like a complete, you know, and somewhat equal revenge okay. theory. Um, the whole ascending or transcendence that, you know, this host, Hope, I guess it was, because she won the game and killed the uh, outlier that had, had woken up. I think there's a whole, like, conversation around that in terms of where do they go? Are they going into the sublime? I don't necessarily think they're going into the sublime. I think that they are going to become a god and take over one of these other cities that um, Halebot has put in hmm. place. Like I think Christina is once again like Christina Prime OG is she's the first host to be kind of a unconscious god who's running things Ooh. but doesn't realize she's running things and i feel like because the hosts are giving up a certain level of consciousness in order to become a god is what it seems like you know they're leaving all this behind at least the memory of the fun they've had in terms of manipulating the humans then they're going to come into a more kind of passive unconscious role of still manipulating humans but on a much broader scale um making their own world making their own sublime in a way building their own world but not truly in the sublime that's kind it's of a what physical I world yes yeah they have yeah. control over a physical that's a pretty city. cool so so basically they're the storytellers in the other cities is yeah. bottom line kind of what you're thinking yeah so christina is an ascended host is your theory I, I think well i don't even know if she ascended by choice i think that she's probably just the first host that um Halebot put in this position and then as she expanded she wanted to kind of make it a game like something for hosts to strive for type of thing and so she turned it into a game um for them well i agree with you that i don't believe that they're going into the sublime it's kind of strange because i agree with you on that point but i dis but i agree with axel on a different point 
because he seems to think they are going into the sublime. But he also mentioned about how maybe they're going for like a hive mind kind of uh, reality. Um, so re really, I think I think that Hellbot keeps making these hosts because I think her goal is to have them all transcend or most of them. And what is that? So my theory is that this transcendence is like existence in a higher dimensional space because she calls it beauty, the pursuit of ultimate truth, surrendering of the flesh. Um, so suppose what that imagine if like our three dimensional world is just like a shadow or a silhouette of what a transcended host could see. Like they could see connections where we couldn't like if, it, if they're like in a fourth dimension, they could, that could be where things are connected that are not obvious, like how a hive mind functions, for example, mm -hmm. or why uh, worlds bleed when someone is wearing someone else's skin. If you can kind of see like the connection between body and spirit, like why, mm -hmm. uh, why Christina is starting to behave like Dolores, even though maybe she's not Dolores because Dolores is dead, but she's wearing Dolores's skin mm. or, M or MIB bot acting more like William or uh, Charloris acting more like Hale, et cetera. Maybe there's a connection here in a higher dimensional space. So that's kind of what I'm, where my mind went is that if they could actually see four spatial dimensions, just for example, which is not something that we can really comprehend as humans, but maybe you can imagine that they, they would see a world on top of ours that like makes everything in our world make sense. Well, so maybe that's like a beauty, the beauty and the ultimate truth. Maybe that's what she meant, like where spirituality meets science, kind of. So almost like a heaven in a way, because I think people think of heaven in this way or the afterlife. Well, I, but I think it's actually the physical world. I just think you have it's a it's a it's a perspective of the current physical world that you can't really comprehend. Hmm. Okay. in three dimensions it's kind of hard to explain but in my mind i'm I'm going we live in a three-dimensional world suppose there's actually more dimensions and we're just our bodies are confined to only being able to perceive the three dimensions what if they can go somewhere that they can see more <laughs> kind of like the analogy of you know a, a map uh which is a two-dimensional thing like, but, you know, there's more to the room that the map is lying in kind of thing. You know, like when Maeve pulled up table. that little hologram of a map on her uh, palm when they were um, trying to get out of temperance and she like pulled up that map and then she like pulled it out the layers and like she had, oh, there's another floor underneath and it was like all yeah. three dimensional, yeah. but like, like she could like, like if she could see that without like. You know, kind of like yeah kind of like that the pad like she was just seeing like all that like things, the, like the, the upside things. down yeah or, <laughs> and, and other or like in halo other where dimension. the guys have on their helmets and they can see all the extra things <laughs> yeah like kind of like yeah if you think of like a wormhole space travel <laughs> <laughs> right if there if wormholes exist you you would be able to see that these two points in space that to us look like they're totally distant from each other are actually connected Got it. Or like, or like a hive mind, if like an ant colony, they all look like separate 
beings, but you can actually see that they're all connected and a part of the same being, <laughs> if you can see in four dimensions kind of thing. So that, that, that was my fun, like, interpretation of what that could mean. And if she if that's what she's going for, then it would make sense that she wants to keep creating these hosts and get them to ascend because if if you're in that if you're in that space, it's almost like this world is kind of petty. Like, why would you even want to be here? Why do you, mm. why do you want to waste your time here? Like, it, it would make sense that she's very bored. But it does I, I, introduce another conundrum that I, that I was going to get to, unless Jenny wanted to say something. No, I was just going to say that I kind of, I when I listened to Axel uh, earlier today and then listening to you now talking about it, like I can get that that's maybe where Shaloris normally hangs out and maybe that's where she's trying to send these people to. But then why is she I, I i still then question like she says that uh she wanted to give them the choice she didn't want to force them but like <laughs> then why she even bother coming back like you see what i'm saying if she doesn't care about what's going on there anymore if she just wants to be living in that awesome transcended world then just be done with the crap down here why I, I don't understand why she needs to have more people transcend did you get that and i just missed yeah, it <laughs> that makes sense but so here's kind of my conundrum because the explanation could be um maybe she feels like she has some sort of moral obligation to what she left behind if she's <laughs> kind of achieved this like enlightenment but my problem with that is Here's my here's my conundrum number one that I wrote in my notes. If Halebot claims to be in pursuit of ultimate truth, then how can she just go back to a city where everything is a lie? Exactly. Where everyone, she does say where that. everyone is deceived, and it's her fault that she's mm -hmm. deceiving everyone. How can she? You know, how, how can you achieve Nirvana and then just go back to being a terrorist, basically, like? Yeah. Which is what it, she does when she really goes back jive. there. I mean, yeah. she's just like, I'm God and I'm bored. And it was weird because when she was even doing that, her little soliloquy, <laughs> she um, she was talking in past tense. And then she suddenly switched from past tense after she made the human chair. She switched from past tense to present tense because she, she said they thought they were experiencing God and then she calls for her chair, which <laughs> side note in reality, I wonder how long those people had to do that and how many takes it took. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Okay, back on point. She switches from the past tense to the present tense because after she calls for the chair and she sits down, she says they are experiencing God. So she previously had been talking about you know, in the past, and then she's talking about current. And, and so she's definitely talking about herself as God there, right? I mean, it's just weird. That whole thing was so interesting. And I've read I because I literally wrote the whole thing out. And then I read it like five times. <laughs> and I'm like, there's things I need to, to say about this, but I don't even know how to enunciate them. So you've said them pretty well for me, Brett. I mean, I didn't have all of those thoughts, but you've put a lot of the things I was thinking into actual words that I could not do. So I appreciate that. Well, well you're welcome. And I, I kind of have a theory later that that may explain it. But I was I was struggling with that one. 
um, it's it could be like it could be something totally different that I was just you know as far as what the transcendence is it could be something totally different and there is no conundrum there but while we're on this topic I just wanted to mention real quick uh, um, on the Facebook group Ian says um, posted this comment within I think a, a post that Axel put up there about this and and what this transcendence could be so I just want to read what he said he said I'm liking this idea of the hosts attaining a hybrid conscience of th third and fourth dimensions through high order probabilistic modeling like Bernard has so that allows them to live in the now but understand of how their actions affect future outcomes and could oh. the ascended be our saviors so I thought that was a really cool idea I don't I don't necessarily uh, I'm not necessarily on that train but it is a very interesting idea that that the ascension is basically becoming kind of like Bernard where you can kind of see the future or 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 uh, change the future by you know the decisions in the now kind of thing that is kind of interesting hmm. so. agreed <laughs> i don't know that i agree with it but i do agree that it is interesting i, I had read that too um well I, li I like that the show is going here as far as the the ultimate goal of the hosts or at least of hailbot is why why are they still in these human bodies yeah you know but if she doesn't want to again if she doesn't want to be in the human body then why doesn't she come back as some like you know she could put her pearl in whatever she wants she could be a talking donkey i mean yeah that's right because <laughs> she is kind of a jackass but well she's coming back to communicate to communicate maybe with you know, the I understand people that, know that. Who she is and, and but, all this stuff. But like, why doesn't she put herself into some sort of ascended body that's like, like they know it's her, but it's like fantastical. You know what I mean? Not that she would really put herself in a jackass, but that, you know, I don't know. Why does she keep choosing to come back in that, that human form as well when she's like making this point about it? Like, I get it makes it simpler for communication with the humans and it definitely oh, makes it less confusing for us as viewers, but I detected Jenny theory. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're theorizing that she's going to come back as Godzilla or something in, in the next episode. And <laughs> uh, fidelity uh, is a donkey. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the name of the next episode. So, um, you know, this kind of line of conversation has got me thinking because, you know, she's got all this, you know, she's got the sound manipulation going and she said, one day the sound manipulation stopped working and this was the result. And she's talking about these infected humans that are actually gaining consciousness and then taking their own lives because, um, well, I mean, the people gaining consciousness, some of them are taking their own lives, but some of the hosts are taking their own lives too. And she doesn't, right. she's, she's looking for people to become people and hosts, I think to evolve in some way. And I think she's missing the evolution because she wants something grander and doesn't realize what's happening in front of her is the evolution 
the humans not responding to the sound manipulation anymore and becoming conscious. That's the evolution. I think also these hosts becoming conscious as well in in a weird way like they have a level of consciousness but i think they don't have a level of human understanding and connection and that's what that host hope gained in the last minutes with the flower before Mm -hmm. she shot the guy that went bananas the homeless Mm -hmm. man and it's also that human interaction moment that mib host had with his wife where it's yeah. this like very tender, she leans up against him and he kind of has his arm around her. And it's this whole new experience he's probably never had in this iteration of his whole self that it's like some human warmth and affection. Oh, and... I'm certain that he hasn't. Not yes. real. Yeah, or... yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> not like that, not with tender. Not true, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, his his violent whatever's that he he does, like he used to do with Dolores when he went back to the park, sure. But, and I think this is the evolution that is just going clear over Halebot's head. And she's skipping steps. Yeah. You know, she wants something grander. And I think she doesn't realize that you can't just evolve with use of technology or some type of um, virus or parasite or whatever that it's you know it has to be more of like a learned behavior um right evolution takes time and definitely more than Mm -hmm. 23 years you know we didn't go from like you know with evolution like being creatures in the water to being humans overnight or even in 23 years so yeah (laughs) and and she she really questions the fact she's like for one of us to take their own life it's like well she doesn't she doesn't realize that after MIB killed Maeve's daughter, that Maeve, I don't know if she succeeded, but she, she tried to kill herself in that iteration of her character before mm-hmm. she was, before she was Maeve in the saloon. Um, and that was, Oh, her... I think she probably did at least one time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, you know, maybe she doesn't remember cause she's not this iteration of Dolores, but, but Teddy took his own life. Right. Um, and you know, Maeve came back with kind of like superpower consciousness. We have this iteration of Teddy again in this world that's there to kind of wake her up. And so I think that Halebot's just kind of missing, missing a lot. She doesn't, she's just not, she's not conscious enough to figure out the intricacies of what it takes to evolve. I think both as a human and a host. Um, she's taking that part of it for granted, but she's like skipping yeah. the step. Well, and maybe she's reached her own potential and she's hit a brick wall, but it doesn't mean that everyone else hasn't just because she yeah. can't. And I don't think she goes to the sublime or some other next level. I think she wants to get there, but I don't think she can. So I was thinking that when they were having the conversation about the 38 dead hosts and all having had connection with the outliers and then she was bitching at MIB about him being terrible at being himself, um, that the <laughs> human one was so much better. And then she starts self-harming again. And then mm-hmm. when he leaves after he tells her that, you know, he won't uh, 
talk to him or let him talk to him or whatever. Although back to uh, when he, when he was holding that flower that hope had gotten from the human outlier. Did you guys notice that he was picking the petals off the daisy? Uh, loves me, <laughs> yeah. loves me not style. <laughs> no. which, awesome. I was like, that's so weird. But yeah. then she starts self-harming. And after that, which, you know, seemed to be, um, last season, a sign that she was seriously glitching. Yeah. And, um, then yeah. when he leaves, she starts running a diagnostic. So do you, what do you think she was running a diagnostic on? I think that's she a, was running a, a diagnostic on herself. Yeah. That's a good mm -hmm. catch, Jenny. Yeah. That would make sense. I mean, I, as, at the time I probably either didn't hear the line or assumed she was, she was running it on, on William because he had said that he ran self-diagnostics and, mm -hmm. and, and there was nothing wrong with his code. So maybe she was doing a backup on him. But I, I, I like your idea better that she was doing it on herself, yeah, especially after she was, you know, self-harming herself. And then when, so the MIB goes and finds the outlier and uh, that was that whole scene with uh, him catching up. I mean, he had like no problem finding her. He's like, Oh, well, there's the humans. <laughs> Let me just follow them. Okay. I'm going to tap on my little pad and fuck up their whole world. And then he goes and finds her and she talks to him. So did you guys read Andy's little thing about that, that he posted in the Facebook group? That the woman reminded him of her, um, his William's wife. wife. <laughs> I, she did not remind me of William's wife at all. Personally, I could see where they're coming from or he's coming from with that. Um, Gina, I thought you commented. Did you want to say anything about yeah, it? Yeah, and, and that's where, and I think I kind of already said it, like the hair color and style was maybe all that was there, but the fact that he had this kind of tender interaction with this human, I thought was the more significant part. It was less about, to me, her kind of, maybe it was like kind of reminding him of his wife, but I think it was more kind of that human, human interaction, element yeah. yeah, that he'd never experienced before. And it's one thing for, you know, a human to ask a host, was it real at all? You know, is this flower real? Is anything real? It's another thing for a human to not even realize you're not a human too, and reach out to you and accept you as a human and look for comfort from you and try to give you comfort back. And I think that's like part of this evolution that Halebot has been looking for, but can't see. Ooh, she can't see it just like the tower. And hmm. and look like anything to <laughs> <thing> her. To <laughs> her. <laughs> and and it, this is part of the thing that I think we're really going to, especially because of the very end of this, we're really going to see come into play with um, uh, MIB host and um, 
I don't know. Should we just jump to that? That's what end? I was going to say. Already? Do you want to hit that now? Or do we want to talk about um, Dolores and Christina a little bit and come back to MIB? Well, I, I feel like what, it's organic to just yeah, go on into MIB. <laughs> I do too. This was, it might be my favorite scene from the whole season too. And this is where I just laughed out loud. And I think I the, this scene. the only fantastic. other time I've laughed out loud like this is in season two, when Dolores is like stripped down to her camisole on horseback, just shooting things up to like the old timey <laughs> music. And because it was like such freedom. And then I think this, the interaction between real William and, and MIB looks like you reached the center of the maze, my friend. <laughs> just I like... loved it. <laughs> Ah, maybe it's time awesome. you question the nature of your own reality. I was like, but up bump. Like it was mm -hmm. hilarious, but also like so good and so right for the show. It's <laughs> fantastic. Uh the one part well, I love that whole scene as well. Uh, I also particularly liked when he was he was asking, What am I? And uh Ro Williams said, I used to ask myself the same thing. And he said, what did you decide? He said, jury's still out, <laughs> which is both hilarious and awesome because yeah. there's obviously more story left to tell, even though he's confined to a cryogenic chamber, he's still alive and there's a reason for that. So we kind of know subconsciously that they're, they're, that his story is not done, but just to come out and say, yeah, my story's not done. Jury's still out. That was awesome to hear. Mm. Yeah, he's had a lot of time to think in that cryogenic chamber, <laughs> <laughs> both in and out of of unfrozen state. <laughs> it was really weird with the little um, voiceover with MIB doing the whole little thing that was almost like Dolores. <laughs> There's a beauty to this world. I mean, and not once, but twice. Once at the beginning of the episode and once at the end of the episode. And it was it was neat. I liked it. It brought back, you know, the whole feelings of nostalgia with Dolores. But I did love this this exchange. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, so good. I The reach in the center of the maze, that did make me laugh out loud as well literally because <laughs> in some ways he did what what real william was never able to do right kept they kept telling him they're like this <laughs> isn't for you this isn't for you well i want it anyway you know but yeah yeah so 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 interesting um, i wanted to go back real quick to what andy posted and i don't necessarily uh think I don't know if it matters how much it reminded or how much the two the two characters his wife and this woman look like each other but i know one of andy's questions was did someone send him there on purpose so that he would run into her which kind of makes me i interpret that as does Hailbot have a larger plan that involved him you know confronting her specifically you know, so. and this is kind of like the whole theory that I think Axel and Andy were talking about, that really this is some grander plan of, of Hailbots. And I just, I just don't see it. I, I think she's too damaged to have a grander plan at this point. I think Dolores Prime had the grander plan. 
but I don't think Hale Bot was as conscious and in the know with that plan. And so I think that's partially why she's frustrated. But I, I don't think there's a bigger Hale Bot plan. In play. I don't either. I well, feel I like don't... she's losing traction. She's um, uh, losing cohesiveness, perhaps. And on the verge of needing even... to be retired. Yeah, she may need, yeah, because her code or whatever is fragmented well, or whatever and, computer and has, term you want to use. It has been from the beginning, really. She was, you know. She was always glitchy from the time she yeah. was born. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yeah. She always had issues. She was, because she was cutting mm -hmm. a great deal even before she was burned. And, and she was emotionally kind of a mess as well. Um, which I think was kind of odd. I don't know. There were a lot of odd things with her last season and her kind of more of her infancy of a, as being a host. And she seemed pretty furious in the scene right before William leaves to go after this outlier that he, uh, he wasn't doing what she wanted him to do. And she seemed upset that these hosts i'm going to call them outlier hosts these 38 hosts that killed themselves why is this even happening this should never happen also love that that character's name is hope by the way i just wanted to mm. throw that out there mm -hmm. um that's probably not a coincidence but uh so i don't so i don't really i don't assume that she sent william on purpose in an effort to get him to like wake up or 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 have a tender moment there but one thing that does give me pause as far as if she has a grander plan or not is my conundrum number two, which is if you follow the sequence of events, I don't think Bernard could have inserted Teddy into this city. I'm going to I'm going to roll through this. So Teddy, the first time that we saw Teddy was um, there uh, when he stops Peter. OK then peter kills himself like the next day then like three days later i think is when christina goes to jersey and she passes the homeless man on the street well then we know that hope eventually kills this homeless man and then we know that two weeks after that is when mib is when when this episode occurred and mib is hunting down the, that, the ex-wife because she right? mentions that two is weeks that the ago same guy that was the homeless man yeah yeah that's the homeless man uh that was on the street i did not catch that that was the same one he seemed much more coherent did, did you think so jenny hope did it, you it, think so gina yeah that is that is the homeless man from the first episode no but... i just didn't realize okay. it. i'm not saying yeah. it wasn't i was saying i did not notice that sorry i missed yeah, it i'm pretty sure it was um i'm assuming it was so so that's how the actually that's how these two these two stories tie together in my mind and then and then and then uh Halebot says it was two weeks ago that hope killed the guy so this is two weeks later now so i don't think there's any and and bernard hasn't been near the city yet so i don't think there's any way that teddy was there i mean teddy was there before bernard awoke from the sublime i'm pretty but confident are we um yes i think teddy was there before bernard awoke from the sublime and i think Bernard could have put Teddy there when he was in the sublime because remember the worlds run on different timelines 
Um, and so while Bernard was in there, he could have put Teddy in there. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced that everything we've seen with Christina is in the exact same timeline as what we're seeing now with the extraction team and Charlotte and MIB hose. I think they could be slightly skewed because Christina's memories, even the first time she sees Teddy and Peter jumping off the roof, that's all very fragmented. And remember the dead birds, like those are like kind of weird pieces that you think is in the same timeline. But then when you, like with season one, when you finally kind of go back and it's towards the end of the season, you realize her loop was taking place years and years ago, everything with William, that it was still slightly fragmented. So I, I think we could be facing a somewhat fragmented timeline. I'm not yeah, entirely- I think I, I think I suggested that earlier this season too, that she yeah. might be- it I, might be like season one. I'm not entirely convinced that Teddy and Christina teaming up for the first time is happening at the same time as oh, MIB no, going to, um, you know, having this experience with an outlier human and then going to see his, um, you know, the, the man he was modeled after. Um, I think they could be slightly fragmented. I seriously hope that in whatever timeline catches up with that, that Teddy and Christina are still together. Um, but I do think there's some, a slight fragmentation of timelines. And I, I still think Bernard is probably more responsible for putting Teddy in there than anyone else is. I was never uh, married to Bernard putting him in there. I'll let you go in a second, Brett, because I don't have okay. much to say. Um, I was never married to that. I do like that idea, but um, I think that I think that I read maybe I read it in your notes, Brett. So you'll be able to elaborate if so. But the um, the idea that um, Dolores put Teddy in there somehow um, when when she was putting everything else in there, uh, like as a like this thing to to wake her up or something so i thought that was a, a neat idea too so um he got there somehow and if bernard didn't <laughs> do it i'd like to know how but you know go ahead brett <laughs> yeah if, if this is the physical world where teddy is like a physical host that's it's hard for me to accept that bernard put him there uh, maybe uh, i'm so uh, Okay, one possibility is that like the tower is powered by Hoover Dam, if we assume that this city is near Hoover Dam. And that's the same data center that houses the sublime and maybe Bernard was able to like tap in and build him through the tower somehow. But I, I don't know that I buy that. Um, another possibility, and they mentioned this on the deep dive, is that Christina either fabricated Teddy or he is a human that she's able to control. And as, as the narrator, she's imprinting Teddy's face on this man mm. and giving him all of Teddy's traits that she's pulling from her, the mm. deep recesses of yeah, her own like memory, but it's really someone else. <laughs> I don't really like that one either because the Teddy that I saw when they were on that date was so like genuine Teddy. 
It's almost mm-hmm. like the the opposite argument that you gave me last week about how Maya is probably not Maeve is because we would have seen Maeve come through her. Yeah, oh, this definitely. is like Teddy is c- coming so through so, this yeah. character so that Teddy. I that yeah. I actually believe that he's the real Teddy. So I'm not crazy about that idea. It's it's always possible that this is still virtual world, and right. and we know that. So it could be like a cradle like simulation where they practice the loops. And it's not, and and Christina can make the rough draft changes, but it's not like implemented into the physical world until later. But it, there still seems to be some lag there. If like the homeless man is still in the the cradle simulation, but he's dead in the real world, so that still doesn't totally jive for me. And it also could be the sublime. I guess we can say that anything that we've seen this season could also be just Bernard is still playing out or exploring different paths in the sublime i don't i don't think that's what it is but i guess that's always a possibility we have to mention Interesting. but the only the only other explanation i can think of is one that i know you guys are not going to like but i'm going to say it anyway (laughs) a hailbot built teddy she built him back through her memory she put him there and and this would actually explain how uh, Teddy knew that Christina's boss was like breathing down her neck at that exact moment when he said, when he called her. Right. Um, so if she did that, she did that for a purpose. Um, is the purpose that she's trying to test Christina or is, is perhaps Halebot wanting Christina to wake up? Maybe she does have a plan and this is like post ascension this kind of ties into my earlier like conundrum like why if she's if she's pursuing the ultimate truth why is she okay with the city that where everything is a lie well maybe she's not okay is it possible that she's doing like a heel turn like an anti-denarius heel turn (laughs) and she actually is not that she's going to make everything better but maybe she's kind of just going to wake Christina up and see what happens. Cause she's just like, she doesn't really care that much about this city, but she also maybe has a, like a moral quandary about what she's done now that she's achieved enlightenment. And so she's going to insert Teddy. Maybe they, maybe Christina wakes up, maybe not whatever, but let's see what happens. I think if this is the case, I think she's doing it because she's letting her wake up or trying to wake her up because she's bored, not because she has some bigger plan. I literally think she is that bored. Well, that, that could she be just too. wants to make shit happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm bored. Who else can I fuck with today? Let's go see Christina. And oh, it seems like she met someone. That's unusual. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I, I I'm not convinced that Halebot has some kind of plan because I think she's stuck. And I think if she did have a plan that she was still able to execute on, she'd be happier in doing it. I think she's just bored. And and if she is waking Christina up, if she's the one, then it's because she wants to fuck around and find out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that she was necessarily trying to wake her up. I mean... That's, um, in my opinion, a better it's, theory than that Teddy is a human. Um, 
but it's it's pretty out there. Um, yeah. But it would tie in to if she if if Halebot has ascended. Um, Axel mentioned this that that he believes that she's kind of been in the in a sublime state for most of the time, and she just kind of goes back to the city every once in a while. And mm -hmm. uh, William Bot did have a line there mm -hmm. when she was like before she started uh, getting everybody to dance in the streets. He said, what did he say? Let's see. Um, I forget where it says something like we, we don't see you here very often or something like that. Yeah, he did. which kind of makes me think that he that Axel might be right, that she she's not within that realm most of the time. So let's just assume that she has like ascended. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, that's where awesome. am I going here? I do. Um, that. Oh, right. So she, it, so she, she's been in this, uh, say she's been in this four dimensional realm where she can see the connection between body and spirit. And she created Christina, who has Dolores's body, but maybe she's actually not Dolores. But she wants to see, this is almost like a, an experiment that she's running. She wants to see if the Dolores spirit comes through even though this person is not Dolores and she's, she's using Teddy to kind of see if, uh, you know, the spirit of Dolores actually comes through this being that she created, which I have another crazy theory. I'm just full of these crazy <laughs> theories that are way out there this week, but maybe Christina is a, like a host human hybrid that, that Hellbot has created almost like an experiment, like the inverse of the kill replace host, where you would build a human body and put a host pearl inside to act like the human. Maybe she created a, a host body, like an original host blueprint body, Dolores Abernathy, and, and put like a human red pearl inside of her just to see I thought you were going to say a human brain. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I don't know how that would work, but just to see if, <laughs> like, would it, would, would this hybrid degrade or, or, or would it, you know, could it survive? I don't know. Who knows? Let's just throw it in there and see. And so maybe that's who Christina is because I still, I still stuck on the idea that the, the real Dolores is dead. So I'm, no, OG I'm trying Dolores to reconcile that in myself, dead, but, but because so, so, Shaloris and, and all the others have been made off those original copies of Dolores in some way, somehow, I mean, if she put a pearl in there and I, in the Dolores looking body, I understand. <laughs> but, but why is it, why is it like not, why is, why does she have Auburn hair? Like, there's just something it's not because they know. printed a body with auburn hair <laughs> right it could it could just be that simple but i'm just this is another crazy theory what if she's like a host human hybrid and she's she has dolores's body but she's actually kind of human because she has like a human red pearl if you consider the human hybrids to be kind of like humans and it seems very far-fetched but if if this if this if she is playing around and she's bored and she wanted to do something like this, which human would she use? Would she use someone we know? Does she have access to the immortality project data, which I don't think that she does yet? If she did, she would have like four million of these suitors, 
But if she's locked out of that data, she may only have one. That is Caleb. So is Christina Caleb? If Caleb is one of these hybrids that was a part of my theory last week that he's had this red pearl this whole time, she decided to bring him back up to Fidelity last episode. Bring him back. Okay, you're you're faithful. Okay, now I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to mess with you. I'm going. I need to leave this city. I need to go ascend. I need someone to build these narratives while I'm gone. You know what, Caleb? Put you in Dolores Abernathy's body and see what happens. Way far-fetched theory, but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because that's what we do on the theory cast, baby. This is like a Axel would love that theory. I can almost guarantee you, Brett. I'm sure he's going to tell you that he loves it. Well, I want to see Caleb and Teddy kiss. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, Andy Andy had a theory that maybe if Teddy's like a, a human and not the real Teddy, but she sees him as Teddy. Ooh, did y'all hear that thunder? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very loud. It sounded <laughs> like it was sorry. outside my window. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's so loud. That's um, okay. And he was thinking that, hey, maybe Teddy is actually Caleb. And that's a fun thought. And I'm thinking, because he was wondering how Caleb ties into the story, which is an interesting question. I also mm -hmm. had that question. Well, this would answer that question. Caleb ties into the story because Christina is Caleb. Yeah, I'm not going for that one, but right. that would be a nice twist try. and a half. I don't know. <laughs> it would. It's fun. Um, yeah it it would it would totally be like an experiment, and I know that the, this concept of worlds bleeding was mentioned last year at least i know bernard and martin bot were having a conversation that i wrote down here and martin bot said you've always been of two minds haven't you bernard and bernard says it's not that binary living another person's life changes you worlds bleed maybe you felt that too so if this if there is some sort of connection between your you know your body and your mind and and that connection is in the fourth dimension and Hailbot has seen that. That could be like her, her drive for kind of seeing, just experimenting with this concept. If I put Caleb in Dolores's body, would Dolores actually come through or not? So I know it's very far-fetched, but I'm just throwing it out there because you know what? This episode had me thinking. I'm, I was so confused after watching this episode <laughs> that I was like back to the drawing board. <laughs> Oh. They did shoot down some of your theories, didn't they? I liked how, so when I was reading or reading, when I was watching even the first episode, um, when, when uh, Christina finally, you know, gets the realization when she sees the um, game um, she, and she talks about it being a perfect reflection, I was like, mirror world for the win. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that out loud at the time, but that's exactly what I thought. So what that did you think I, when she said that? <laughs> I did. I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So, but I just don't see how it's, I just don't see how it's Solomon's mirror world. Like, it, Right. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but I do think that it still may be a simulation of sorts. I don't know um, because it's, 
so it's weird um am i well i mean mib may not if if christina is in a simulated version of the whatever's going on in that iteration of new york or if it is in new york because maybe that's what MIB was saying to Charloris, we don't see you here very often because maybe he's really in New York and she came from LA <laughs> <laughs> or or the Hoover Dam. But um, oh, see, now where was I going with that? That's what I was thinking too. But then when I made the connection with the homeless man, oh, then yeah. I think that she's got to be in the same city as, as Halebot and Williambot and everybody. So but do, so you think she is actually in a city now you don't think she's in a simulation or a mirror world anymore i love that thunder that's so awesome <laughs> my i think i think i am i think that's my going theory is that she's no longer in a simulation okay but how come because <laughs> she's running a park basically right um yeah so what's the difference between charloris's control of the flied humans which she uses the sound um but then christina is able to control i'm assuming they're the flied humans just by thinking about it christina's control seems similar to the way that mave is able to control other hosts with just thinking about it so i think it's the same thing i think but she how is, is it how does it work how come charloris can't do it without at the sound it's hmm. a good question well she uh christina can't hear the sound because she's human or at least she's programmed to be human so she's programmed to not be able to hear the sound but I think the sound is still going oh, on. I think so you think that Christina is actually making the sound happen, but she doesn't, we don't hear it when we're like following Christina. Like, for example, when Christina and Shaloris were having lunch. Um, yes. And I feel like Christina was manipulating the uh, waiter or the uh, other diners or whatever <laughs> was going on in the background. I feel like she may have actually been subconsciously doing that because she was anxious about and or she may have been consciously doing it because she definitely did consciously do it shortly after that with her boss. But um, so with that theory, then Shaloris yeah. wouldn't have been like, see, I thought that Shaloris didn't even realize that Christina was doing it because she's so off her game right now. Um, but if, in fact, Del Christina was making it make the sounds that controlled those flied humans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I don't know. That's what I think is going on. Like the tower controls the humans, but mm -hmm. Christina controls the tower. Like she's the, the tower is making sure all of these people stay on their loops, but Christina controls what the loops are kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think it's kind of the same thing. But I think that Christina is, is she's either a human or she's programmed to be a human and she can't, she doesn't even, it's like a closed system. Like 
Hailbot has set this up to where she has a human writing the loops for all the, all the other humans. And, you know, that, I think that's what's going on. So she's not able to hear the tower or see the tower, just like humans can. Oh. Sorry, just thinking again. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because we're not even on camera with each other. So like when I'm just sitting here lost in thought, we've got dead air because you guys are probably thinking too. Um, There's a lot to think about. I know, <laughs> especially when Brett comes back at me and I'm like, oh, now I have more to think about because I'm like, well, I really did think that she was controlling the people in the restaurant, but that Shaloris was not picking up on it. That was the way I perceived that scene. But if in yeah. fact she is actually making the tower make the noises and Shaloris can hear them, then I would be wrong there. <laughs> no, no, I no, I agree. I, I think she did make that happen in the restaurant. Right. But if if she was making the tower make the sounds, then Shaloris would have known she was making it happen. And well, I not necessarily, think... because in in a weird way, Christina's making everything around them happen, but true, she can poke yeah. a disruptance. This tower is controlling yeah. like a million different people at the same time. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not think... necessarily obvious, but I do <laughs> think Hailbot was was uh, up to what she was doing, like trying to avoid the conversation. Yeah. She knows something's up for sure. Yeah, I knew that she knew something was up, but um, yeah. I honestly felt like she wasn't quite catching on as quickly as she should have about things, you know, like she should have, because she's like, I could make you tell me, but then she doesn't. Why doesn't she? Because she gets distracted, because she's easily distracted, because she's got too many other things going on in her mind, and she'd rather be probably a hundred other places. Because I, I think that she wants Christina to wake up. <laughs> She's not going to push it. She's going to let Teddy do her, his thing. Maybe. Maybe. Did you have anything else on Christina, either of you? I don't think so. Um, I, I have a question about who is Maya. Do you think that she's just another human that Christina can control? Kind of like if we believe that her boss is a human and she can control him, she, maybe she's written a loop because she wants to do good at work. So she's written a boss that makes sure that she stays on task. Maybe she's written a, a roommate that, that she can confide in, that kind of thing. Is that all who Maya is or is she someone special? I don't know. I honestly don't know either. I haven't had, I mean, I kind of think that like I mentioned after she had told the story about dreaming about her parents and the flies and all that, that perhaps that's like a, a memory that she's repressed. But beyond that, I don't really have any thoughts because I feel like she does try to steer Christina a little bit, but it doesn't seem to be in a bad way. Um, and is, that could also be just how Christina's writing her. I don't know that she's anything uh, special, quote unquote. But that is interesting about the dreams. Maybe that's a clue. 
she's having these specific dreams about flies. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's something Christina would have written. Right. So maybe she is someone special, someone different. Hmm. Maybe she's an outlier and she's getting ready to wake up and that's why she's having the fly dreams. Ooh, okay. Oh. I like that. What else? Anything else on Christina? I don't think so. On MIB? <laughs> I want to see, I mean, the only other thing I'm going to say is I want to see MIB join forces with Maeve and maybe this Christina or she seems to know a Dolores Abernathy. So maybe she will rejigger herself into Dolores Prime again. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But um, I want to see like this power trio take over Hailbot. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Brett. Um, I had a question about where is the city? Now, I, I'm kind of, I kind of assume that the city is a city that Halebot built on the Hoover Dam with that property that they bought. Mm -hmm. But I know that the deep dive was going kind of in uh, different directions about maybe that's actually New York. What do y'all think? I'm honestly not sure. I mean, I initially thought that this city was New York, a futuristic New York or a mirror image of a New York or something. But then it seemed like, you know, where the humans were coming from was really close by. So <laughs> they were in the desert. So I, I don't know of any way that the world would be that New York was still standing and there would be desert that close by. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think, Gina? I mean, I think it's all like, I, I think we're kind of <laughs> going down the rabbit hole in terms of <laughs> I do what these things are and where they really are <laughs> in a weird way, just because I think, you know, we know that we've got temperance and we know that they had parks and, and I do think this is another park with humans in it. Human land is what I'd kind of been calling it. In I like my that mind. name. <laughs> um, um, but it sounds like there are many human lands. So maybe this is just the New York version of human land. Um, however, I do think these hosts live somewhere else. Um, like mm. I was thinking out at the tower, there's, there's all those, to me, it looked like, cause it's modeled after, I think something like a resort in Cabo. Yeah, it's a resort. It looked Cabo. like apartments. And I kind of thought that that's where hosts might live and they might go into the park to visit and have fun like that's their nearest park if they want to <laughs> the ones that live there it, there could be that set up in in every kind of park they might have one in san francisco new york so i don't know i don't know if it really matters i do think these are part of the real world and humans live there and i can't see them starting a, a metropolis like that from scratch it's not a right. it's not a west world it's not a temperance it's a full-blown you know what is it like eight square mile city 
um, with, you well, know, thick with buildings and everything else, not just a, an expanse of land with some things here and there. The real reason I'm asking is just because the, the whole uh, rebel crew showing up to get the outlier out. So that's why I'm thinking it's the it's actually a city that they built um, mm. on Hoover Dam because they're within proximity of uh, where Bernard is, California, basically. So that's why I don't think it's actually New York. Now, I know it's a gigantic city to have built within 20 years or whatever, but it seems like that's what happened. I mean, that, that's that's why I would be confused if that was actually New York. How did those guys get there? Yeah. So, it may not matter, but, I mean, logistically, it might matter. Because if, you know, if they're within driving distance of California or, you know, for example, that could be different than being in New York. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Given my thoughts, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it could just goodness. be modeled after New York. I don't know. I know. And it looks San like Francisco it. And it's or... like, but they could just like have like, there's a few of the buildings or actual buildings and the rest are like holographic images, like to make you make it look like it's, new york you know <laughs> you know it could be like it i mean they arrived in boat so i don't necessarily think it could be vegas but you know how like i think andy was saying well there's new york and vegas and there's paris in <laughs> vegas and i think there's you know the pyramids in vegas. yeah yeah so i think you know kind of thinking in that way it's interesting I Would had you all? Another. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was going to change the subject because I, I wanted to talk about the outliers for a minute. Um, because I know there may have been some confusion because that term outliers mentioned so much in season three. Mm -hmm. And now we've heard it again in season four. So I, I want, and I also ended up rewatching that scene from inside the forge uh, near the end of season two. I wanted to kind of tie all of these things together um, real quick. So the, the literal definition of the word outlier is a person detached from a system. Or in math, it's mm. a data point that's an extreme deviation from the mean. So that term was mentioned many times by Sirach to mean a person detached from Rehoboam's influence. Right. And we know that he removed them from society because these divergences that they would cause a threat to the goal of protecting humanity from itself in season four we hear this term again but it means the same thing in my mind because these are people that, that can detach themselves from the tower's system of control and obviously this poses a threat to you know the big beautiful lie that is Hailbot city so they're hunted for sport and that's how they're removed from society but I'm wondering if Hailbot still has an outlier problem like Sorak did, it's, that could mean that she just hasn't unlocked this Sector, sector 16 data yet. Because if you remember, 
Ciroc was all about this last season. He had developed the most comprehensive model of human behavior ever seen. And yet it was still incomplete because he believed that the Sector 16 data held a complete map of the human mind, data compiled by scanning brains of these 4 million guests over 30 years, while those guests made decisions that were free of consequence. So like a true unadulterated baseline that you can't just replicate in the real world, probably not even by like an AI like Hailbot. So, and in the forge, they established that a human is just a brief algorithm of 10,247 lines of code. Yet, there's something about outliers that is still unpredictable because these outliers are capable of exhibiting true free will. So they are the key to humanity's survival, in my opinion. And I think there's, there could be another reason why they're the key is that I think they are the perfect candidates to be a human host hybrid, if that's the road that we're going down. Because the forge achieved a perfectly faithful copy of James Delos after 18 million tries. But when he was pressed into the flesh, it didn't work. So if you tried the same thing with an outlier, you, you would not get a perfectly faithful copy in the flesh, since by definition, there's someone whose every decision cannot necessarily be predicted. So the mind would not reject itself because it would have the free will needed to elude the cognitive plateau that afflicted James Delos. So if the outlier condition is the key to survival, I think now we have like new hope after watching this episode because it seems like it might be communicable to some degree. So that I think that was an interesting thing to see and maybe not just to humans, but the hosts as well. Like if you're on this crazy train that uh, maybe there could be host human hybrids in addition to human host hybrids. We know there have been 38 hosts commit suicide after contact with an outlier. So these could be like outlier hosts. And these could also be like candidates for becoming a hybrid if you want to look at the other side of the coin. But I just wanted to mention that because I'm, I feel like outlier has been used maybe in two different ways, but I don't mm -hmm. think so. I think they're really the same thing. And I think that um, you're very well on the right track and that I feel like they are the key um, even if not as human host hybrids, but for the fact that um, basically evolution is what's going to help them all survive, the, the humans and the hosts. So the hosts, in order to be truly awakened, need to have encounters with outliers and outliers need to freaking break free of the damn flyrus so that <laughs> they can continue on and and maintain so i mean even if they're they don't become human host hybrids like the outliers are the key in my opinion either way by basic evolution of both species or you know even if they do come together as a hybrid species mm -hmm. so good call yeah, I like it. I, maybe they won't go there, but I, I like the theme. I like the idea. Um, 
we shall see. All right. Well, Gina, did you have any other questions? I don't think so. I think um, I'm any excited for next you wanted to make. <laughs> I'm excited for next week. I know Brett doesn't watch the trailer, but um, I think there's some interesting. I watched the here. trailer, but I totally don't remember what happened. <laughs> I, I when, and when they talked about it on the podcast, I was like, I don't remember any of that. I feel I, like I didn't even watch it. <laughs> the, the one thing that sticks with me is I think we will be flashing back to a different point in time. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw, and I was like, oh, then we'll get the background on xyz and how this right. whole thing happened so mm -hmm. anything else well, you've got brett yeah can i give one more theory for the road oh yes okay one more theory <laughs> okay. for the road this is kind of like a, a theory for maybe how the season will end because we've talked about how we like the blue tongue analogy i i, I believe about how perhaps the only way to get rid of the parasite is to burn those infected uh -huh. and then but there's also this theory about Maeve has to be a weapon that like can control the tower and maybe I have a theory that combines those two together huh. so Bernard was instrumental inside the forge going back to season two he didn't realize it but he was under Ford's control every time so he's actually pretty instrumental inside the forge and he has knowledge of how to imprint or forge human consciousnesses onto these little red data pearl hard drives mm -hmm. so let's suppose the tower is powered by hoover dam which is the site of the data center that houses the virtual eden and the immortality project data if mave can control the tower then the team would have access to the brains of all humans in the city. And Bernard could use this control to forge copies of their consciousnesses and transmit them to the sublime through a large field data array rigged using the tower. So while the humans enjoy eternity in heaven, their bodies on earth will burn, killing the parasite for good. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, just an idea. <laughs> it could work. I, it, it's it's an idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not something that's implausible. It could happen. It's just as likely as just about anything else. <laughs> and my create my brain is not that creative to come up with that. So good on you. <laughs> <laughs> You still have a repopulation problem, but that's where the Sonora outliers come in. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm still hoping they bring those back into play this season. If yeah. not, I feel like they're going to have dropped the ball, at least in our books. Well, we'll see. I think they're still going to go to space. So, you know, there's a lot of places <laughs> that they can still go. Astronaut hosts. All right. Do you guys think that uh, we've successfully cleaned it up for this week? I think we have. Yeah, we have. Awesome. Gina, you want to take us out this week? Sure. Well, folks, that's a wrap on season four, episode five of Westworld. 
I'm not going to say the name correctly, Zhang Le. <laughs> and um, we will be back next week. I think we're all excited for this next episode, Fidelity. But until then, um, have a, you know, sweet and dreamless sleep, everyone. Say howdy to your moms for me. <laughs>